are listening to Gizmonic Institute's radio. In the not too distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MST3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odds says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Gizmonic Institute's radio. So are we on a spaceship or satellite now? Spaceship. Explain. Okay. You know how before we were orbiting the Earth geosynchronously over a Chuck E. Cheese somewhere in America's flyover country? Yeah, I remember that all too well. Well, since we were in orbit, we were a satellite. Now that we're drifting further and further from the bonds of Earth's gravity, we're a spaceship. But we were actually attached to the surface of Earth by an impossibly long pneumatic tether. We weren't really in orbit, not even a geosynchronous orbit. We were held in place. If anything, we'd have to classify our living quarters as a, I don't know, space balloon? Sure, sure, but that's in the past. Now we're in the... now? Yeah, so we're in a ship. But wouldn't a ship be hurtling through space on its own volition? Uh, We're adrift without any sort of control trajectory. We're at the mercy of the heavens. If anything, the space balloon description is even more apt now than it was when we were tied up. Wow. I never thought of it like that. Whoa, where did you get that pipe? That doesn't seem like a bad idea to you, to smoke a pipe inside with what essentially a giant tube of pressurized oxygen? Nah, I weighed the pros and cons, and the pros came out on top. Pros? Like what? Pros like relaxing with a nice pipe while I read the ship's maintenance report. And what were the cons, then? Seriously? Yeah. The cons are not having a pipe to smoke, and all the other ones are irrelevant. Okay, but you still didn't answer my question about where the pipe came from. What pipe? The one in your hand. And now in your mouth. The pipe right there. Hey, hey, you need to be more specific. More specific like how? Well, this isn't the only pipe I have. You have more than one pipe? So they came from different places? No, 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 not at all. They came from the same place. Now, if you'll excuse me... Where did you get the pipes? Pipe cellar. Like a basement filled with pipes? No, a pipe cellar. You know a guy who sells pipes? He's right behind you. Hello. Ah. I'm sorry to startle you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Tanner Fifenkenner. I'm a purveyor of the piperly arts. Can I perhaps interest you in a smooth-smoking tobacco pipe today? This makes no sense. I'm kind of panicked right now. Uh, Nearly frantic, even. How did you get on our ship? Why, through the airlock, of course. Your companion allowed me access. You look like a large, half-bent billiard type of fellow. I have just what you need in my case. Oh, how embarrassing. I, I left my case in the mess hall. Forgive me. I'll be but only a moment. Where did that guy come from? I mean, really, this makes no sense. Uh, no idea. I, I got a hail on the view screen, and I checked, and he was at the airlock. Isn't he awesome? He smells like my grandpa. Hey, you want to know something? What? He's... Smells like my grandpa, too. I'm sorry I briefly doubted your decision-making abilities. It's just... We're in space now, getting further and further from Earth and the people we know and love. 
The mad scientist who kidnapped us, you know, the only person who could have possibly saved us once this experiment is played out, is dead. What? Well, probably. He's probably dead. Oh, he's dead. That insane abomination Fats Geronimo has doomed us to our dooms. Why couldn't the rocket fire explosion have stuck through the tough times as a band instead of splintering into different unsuccessful solo projects? I mean, if Dr. Odd is alive, at least we'd be in a position where he could possibly return home. But now, eh, now we're in space. And there's a really nice guy here who wants to sell me a large half-bent billiard pipe. And he smells like my grandpa, and I see you smoking your... your... Quarter-bent squat bulldog. Your quarter-bent squat bulldog, and I just want to put my feet up and relax like guys used to relax in the 1950s. None of this even makes sense to me anymore. Hey, gents. I'm back. Jeff, you're in luck. I have a great selection of large half-bent billiard pipes. What we need to do is get you fitted. Here, here, just just bite down on this. What is that? Well, it's a pipe-fitting mouth template. I hook it to my computer here, and it gives me an instant readout of your mouth shape. And using that information, I can help you select the pipe that best matches your particular style or comfort level. You know, we in the business call this the pipe achievement quotient. How much can you achieve with your pipe today? Let's find out. Perfect. Now just give me a few minutes to enter in the parameters, and I'll have your perfect pipe match. Ooh, this is exciting. I have to admit, you're one heck of a salesman, Mr. Fifenkenner. Please, just call me Tanner. Mr. Fife and Kenner is my dad. Hey, while we wait for your pipe achievement quotient, why don't we do the audio log? That's a really great idea. It'll help pass the time and also keep the ship's programming from automatically killing us for failing to complete our task. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm so excited to get I my know. pipe quotient back. Oh, you just wait. I can't wait. It's like... I can't wait. I literally can't. I. But you have to. You have no choice. I know, but I can't. I, I physically am not able to wait. Look, I'd let you have some of this pipe, but I don't know if you can enjoy it. Can I, uh, can you put me to sleep? Can I, can you briefly no, no, put me out no. in the airlock so I, like, pass out? No, and all the, the <sighs> saliva evaporates off your tongue. No, I can't yeah. do that yeah. in the vacuum of space. No. Sam no. Neill did it. We have to do the audio log or else we'll die. Didn't Sam Neill do it? Uh, Is that a th- In real in, life? No, in Event Horizon. Oh, I, I don't know. Is I, that... Oh man, I I, I might have made a, a dire joke error there. <laughs> <laughs> is Sam Neill even in Event Horizon? I, I don't know. Is that the one I don't know if that's true. Have you seen Event Horizon? I don't, is that I don't the one know. where they go to hell? Uh, Sam Neill is in Event no, Horizon. Okay. You're thinking I, of Doom. Uh, no, I think it's uh, yeah, it's Event Horizon where he goes outside of the ship. I think. I don't know. Maybe. Oh well. Let's do an audio log about okay, Rocket Ship XM. Hold on a second. Okay. <sighs> All right, I'm ready. You were just, you were just rubbing it in my face. I or had rather, to cash blowing it. I had smoke to cash in my it. face. Sorry. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, uh, Rocket Ship XM, the first episode of uh, Season 2. And season wow. 2, Episode 1. What a difference. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I'm so, not saying uh, that Season 1 was bad or anything, but Season oh, no. 2 was where it was, it's very clear that Comedy Central said, here, guys. You've done a great job with season one. Here's a lot of money. Yeah, because uh, it starts out um, with Joel kind of introducing the new set and then alluding to the fact that Tom Servo has a new voice. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, the new set kind of looks like uh, – it's essentially kind of the old set except there's more stuff glued on the walls. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, right. It's like I guess if someone set off like a like a gray paint bomb in an Applebee's. Right. Yeah. There's football <laughs> helmets maybe of the local team. A trumpet that has a, a placard that says jazz music below it. Yeah. You know, so you think of New Orleans flair while you're eating your uh, uh, Santa Fe chicken wrap. Yeah, your, your spicy fiesta fajitas. Your uh, your mudslide arita. Oh, man. Yeah. It doesn't get much better. And cap it all off with a chocolate fountain lava cake. Mm-hmm. Applebee's, America's saddest restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd settle for an Applebee's right now up here ah. in space. Yeah. Oh, they got these things called riblets. They're like ribs, but they're very small. Okay. And so they call them riblets. Does any of them actually come from near a rib part of an animal? I don't think they come from animals. <laughs> this is it's soy and and tears. I guess maybe. I anyway, think it's a polymer of some sort. But yeah, let's go on. Probably it's rubber. Uh, so they uh, they go to commercial, they come back, and uh, Joel introduces Tom Servo's new voice. Wow. And it's Kevin Murphy. It's the voice that probably many people knew. Um, yes. More than uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, which is, as we you know noticed from season one, is kind of kind of a bummer because J. Elvis Weinstein really owned season one with his he did uh, with his servo. Not not knocking on Kevin Murphy though. No, I mean that I I I am with you in the J. Elvis Weinstein camp of. Man, he did a great job in season one. But hearing Kevin Murphy speak as Servo, it just that's that's what I right. know as MST three K. Or yeah. at least I did as a as a kid. And that just feels right. I have to like, wonder and now if there's anybody who hears these audio logs and would like to send a letter, if there's anybody who started from season one and then Who and had never seen, uh, never seen anything. Yeah. Oh. And then when they changed the voice must have been so mad, like, Oh, the, who's this guy? They changed his voice. This isn't the same guy. Is it that white-haired guy at the beginning of the show? Who's that new guy, too? Are they Man, the what same, is... they're not. No, they're not. No. They're not the same at all. Because there's another new guy on the show. So I just wonder, would that have made people mad? Uh, I I don't know. Like, I think now, I, I don't think that demographic exists because if anyone was watching the show with us from the beginning, I'm sure they've seen other episodes because that's why they got into you know, yeah. our show. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, back... Yeah, if 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 you um, watched MST3K from the beginning live on TV, you know you taped it every night, or you had a friend give you a tape, or you watched it live. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Were you know. blown away on the first episode of season two when they changed Servo's voice and Doctor Larry was gone? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And they uh, after they introduced uh, introduced um, Tom Servo's new voice, they uh, introduced uh, TV's Frank. Yeah, the new guy. Yeah, the new guy. And uh, as we noted in our interview with uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, they uh, just hold up a milk carton when they ask, yep. well, where's, where's Dr. Earhart? And yep. Frank holds up a milk carton with his face on it and says, she's missing. That was all that was, it. that was ever said. No tribute. Nope. So kind of uh, kind of mean. Yeah. But anyway, um, so they uh, – Joel and the bots try and trick Frank, who's uh, acting like some sort of fast food – delivery or yeah. i guess guy uh, ordering drive through window operator yes drive through window technician is that the, That's the fancy the way of saying it term yes technician a mobile food enthusiast uh, a mobile food specialist special test that's a, new a special test yes mobile food specialist um, yeah he they try and uh, tell him that they want to dine in and trick him into bringing them down from space but yeah. uh he almost falls for it but then dr forrester stops him yep ruins yep. it 
Mm-hmm. Or should I say saves it for us because then we have you know nine more seasons? But yeah, really- I have to admit I I don't know if this is a uh, a, a thing f- just in season two or if it was just for this episode because you know they're bringing everything back and had to do all the new introductions. But this is a really long opening segment. Yeah. Definitely. Like the bit with Frank as the uh, the mobile food specialist uh, goes on for a really long time. Yes, it certainly does. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they move on to the invention exchange. Uh, Joel brings the uh, BGC-19, which is a mobile drum set. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like the thing from Alien. Right, which is yeah. loading uh, you know, crates and whatnot, and then eventually fights the Queen Alien. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Darn yeah. it. I'm sorry if you haven't seen Alien, uh, Aliens, rather. Uh, I forgive you. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, so they, they go to the Mads for their invention exchange, and uh, Frank starts the same spiel for the uh, BGC-19 yeah. um, as Joel did, which is a rehash joke from Black Scorpion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, because Joel has the big uh, um, inflatable uh, noisemaker with yep. the uh, leaf blower, and that's, yeah. That's, so, yeah. That's kind of a bummer. That was kind of weird. Yeah. They would but, do that... Basically, in back-to-back episodes, they oh. didn't though. If you remember, because Women of the Prehistoric Planet was technically oh, the last gosh. episode, continuity but the way it panned worst. out is that it was back-to-back I episodes. Hate continuity. Although there was also, you know, a like an an off season's worth of time between those two episodes as well, right? Which is an eternity, yeah. and probably there weren't a lot of people that saw the last episode of season one, right? Because it was on the Comedy Channel. Yeah, if, if I recall correctly, season two premiered on Ha. No, <laughs> wait, comedy. Ah, darn it! I, what what eventually became Comedy Central? Yeah, there was a bigger uh, viewership. Yes. the uh, second season. Comedy so. TV. That's what it called. Was called CTV, and they changed it. Okay, all right. So uh, they go in the theater, watch a movie, come back out for the first segment. Um, they do another, like, Roman the Robot Monster-style tribute yeah. where it's like they're humming a weird song and then one person is speaking and they take turns. Except uh, this one is a tribute to the journalists of Rocketship XM. <laughs> right. And this one is actually pretty good. They've yeah, really – they've honed that weird bit down to a, yeah. a, a comedic, comedic science. Yes. They were talking about all these, uh, these journalists in the first part of the movie showing their picture and giving them a ridiculous backstory. Yeah. It worked. Which is, it worked great. You know, it did because it, it also kind of provided like a tapestry to the movie. Mm-hmm. And they did some really good ones. Like the uh, – <laughs> there was one where uh, uh, one of the, the astronauts is just standing there being interviewed by a reporter. And there's another reporter like suspiciously and kind of creepily close behind yes. the astronaut. And they're like, it's this guy. They're, uh, <laughs> they do tandem reporting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um yeah, so uh, I, I think up to this date, all of those uh, weird tribute humming style things, this one's the best, at least in my yeah. opinion. No, I agree. Cool. It's season uh, two. They, they, they're ramping it up. They are. They're, they've uh, tasted that success, and they want more. Uh-huh. They've, uh, they've made that comedy sword, and now they're tempering it even further in their forge of uh, experience? Yep. Okay. Just like Mazamune, the sword maker. Mm-hmm. The greatest of all, by the way. Yeah. He made Sephiroth's sword. He did. <laughs> From Final Fantasy VII. Jeez. See? Knowledge like that that comes in handy all the time. Mm-hmm. All right. So the uh, the second um, segment, after they watch more of the movie, they do a uh, selective gravity segment where uh, – so, okay, in, in Rocket XM, we'll talk about this a little bit, but uh, there's a scene where – 
they go into you know the non-gravity of space and like selective objects float like a jacket and a harmonica and some straps on a bed and so they uh joel gives them a selective gravity quiz where they uh you know he's like okay this object is floating in space is it funny or is it not funny Mm -hmm. and the bots have to decide whether it's funny or not funny right and the last card is of course gallagher yeah which is never funny mm-hmm. very very not funny right very very and that has to do with uh joel not liking gallagher at all yeah because basically at a show uh gallagher told joel that he was not good and then he went on stage and smashed a bunch of watermelons um for like seven hours and made a million dollars but you know oh. what you know who's way funnier uh, Joel yeah. Hudson. Joel, uh, I'm funnier than Gallagher. I mean, obviously Joel. Yeah, but well, like, sure. like literally millions of other things. Yeah. Like, uh, have you ever stubbed your toe? Uh huh. You know how when you stub your toe, there's like a Saturn and a star and a little swirl that come out of your toe and like a little lightning bolt. That's funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's several lightning bolts and they go in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And your face turns red and you have uh-huh. uh, like a pound sign on your cheek. That's funny. <laughs> Are we an anime character now? Yes, we That's are. cool. I didn't, I didn't realize comes that. Out of your eyes, which are huge and also half full of tears. No, no. When they're when I hurt myself, they become very, very small. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And it goes. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know what else is funnier than Gallagher? What's that? I once, uh, when I was a little kid, I had a uh, an ice cream cone. I was I was walking down the streets of St. Louis okay. eating an ice cream cone, and a seagull uh, was up in a tree. I don't know why there was a seagull there or why it was in a tree, mm-hmm. but it pooped on my ice cream cone. <laughs> I was very disappointed, but it was still funnier than Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you know what else is funnier than Gallagher? Uh, one time I saw this car go by. Oh, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I enjoy how like I didn't know until you told me this that Joel had a beef with Gallagher. Yeah. But hearing that Gallagher didn't like Joel from Mystery Science Theater three thousand just makes me hate Gallagher. Yeah, you know, um I was unable to enjoy Gallagher my entire life and not because he's a hack, but because I knew that Joel didn't like Gallagher. Uh. And so, um, it made See, me... I just didn't enjoy him because he's a hack. Right? Yeah, but I—that was—I approached Gallagher with a skeptical eye from the beginning, just because I knew that Joel, you know, found him very unfunny. Yeah. And so uh, it turned out that that was good because I'm not one of these people who talks about how funny Gallagher is. Do you know that Gallagher's whole act is ruined by YouTube? Uh, no, <laughs> because there's—I—I I have never actually done the research, but I guarantee you there's probably a footage that's about a billion times more interesting of fruit exploding than that's anything true. Gallagher can do. Yeah. That is true. Like slow motion fruit exploding. I once saw a video of a guy who filled a like a coconut with gasoline and then kicked it and then he lit on fire. See, that's like, way better than Gallagher and you don't have to listen to his half uh, baked political humor. No. Yeah. It's Yeah. Yeah. Screw I that call Gallagher this guy. George Bush and it's just a bush. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's the federal deficit! And he, like, uses an air pump to blow up a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that close? I think. It's... Gallagher's sitting there. He's like, perfect! As he's lying. I've got my new act now! And he also sounds like Hugh Hauser, apparently. <laughs> sitting on a Oh, bag. boy! <laughs> These oranges represent the border between California and Mexico. I've never actually seen Gallagher perform. That's that, not, you nailed it. Was that a good impression? Okay, that was good. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Playing, but that's it. Oh, hey, back to the uh, back to the audio. Log I'm glad hand. we took a chance to uh, dump on Gallagher. Yeah, I, <laughs> I need to do that more often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the next theater segment, um, Joel and the bots are sitting around misquoting song lyrics, which is weird. They're like staring off into space. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're just they're like changing one word. The Joel misquotes a Carpenter song lyric. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's just weird. And then uh, so a ship appears, and it's uh, Valeria from Robot Holocaust. Right, uh, played by Mike Nelson uh, in drag. Yeah, which yeah, kind of you really had to look though. It was hard to tell. Yeah, like I. <sighs> I recognize his voice, but I recognize that's, that's his you, voice, you know. but I couldn't tell was that really Valeria and my and Mike Nelson was doing the voiceover. I I, I couldn't know. tell. Yeah, you're right. He did. He was a very pretty looking woman. He was. Yeah, Boy, I. We've been up here way too long. Yeah, I uh, didn't. You know, that's a. It was a really weird segment. It was like, and I didn't realize how weird that segment was until I had to recount it out loud. But right. that's. <laughs> weird segment like they're sitting around misquoting song lyrics and then a character from one of the season one movies shows up but it's actually just the head writer in drag right and it's never like mentioned that that's a a character from a season one movie no they just go with it yeah you had to have been paying attention and thankfully we were paying attention and then joel does the weird thing where he gets rid of her by like (laughs) spraying like a biaka in his mouth yeah and he's just like you know, it could never work between you and me. <laughs> and it, it, it just sounds like a weird, like, uh, it's, the whole thing is just weird. Yeah, it was unusual. Yeah, so but hey, uh, they did not have the set fully finished by this point, though, because the view screen was supposed to close um, it, yeah. when she left, but it didn't. And no. so you just saw Mike awkwardly standing there in the dark right. on the other side of the view screen while they finished their bit. <laughs> but I, I really like the whole one-take uh, philosophy behind this show. I do, I do too. Yeah. It's kind of the best. Unless that was intentional. And then in that case, you know, that works too. Wow. So ahead of their time. Anyway, in the final segment of the show, uh, Joel lectures the Mads on making them watch a movie, quote, about people dying in a capsule to people trapped in a capsule. Yeah. Which we got even more meta. We're watching a guy complain about a guy making him watch a movie about people dying in a capsule, trapped in a capsule, or trapped in a capsule. Ah! Yeah. Holy cow. Look out. I can't even wrap my brain around that one. Don't even try. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna smoke my pipe. Yeah. And then uh, some kid has the audacity to write Joel some fan mail telling him he needs to add two robots called Romo and Zach yeah. in the theater. Which Drew some you pictures know what of is them. crazy? That kid probably had an entire section of his room dedicated to these robots that he fanficted into the MST because there wasn't like fanfiction.net or Demonoid. Nope. Not Demonoid. Uh, <laughs> Deviant Art. Yeah. So, you know, if you were that weird obsessive kid, you just had to hang those pictures on your wall for you to see, not for millions of other like-minded freaks. Well, he's he's probably like uh, you know, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old. Did you ever have a a desk monster in school? I don't know what that is. It's it uh terrifying. It's it's where so you and your friends you have desk monsters uh-huh. and uh it's a picture that you drew of a a little monster that lives in your desk. And, uh, oh, oh, so literally a small, like, demon creature. Yeah, yeah. And then your desk monsters interact while y- you are, like, in class. And then at recess, you talk about what your desk monsters did. Really? So, yeah. That <laughs> or maybe that amazing. was just. 
Yeah, maybe that was just me and my friends. Uh, anyway. I think we should make some desk monsters up here. I don't have a... Oh, I guess we do have all those old school desks. <laughs> I know. So, it's so weird. It is weird. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we could do that, I guess. Oh, sweet. Yeah, but maybe these those were like those kids' desk robots. And he had them. He's like, hey, you know, maybe I can get oh, these on wow. MST3K and I'll be famous. Yeah, and all the other kids in his class would be so jealous. Yeah, they'll stop laughing at him. <laughs> oh, your desk robot didn't go on television. You're yeah, it did. I have a tape. I have it on tape. You can ask. Well, you can teacher's ask him. gonna wheel the giant, uh, dangerous uh, cart with a heavy television on top out. Don't don't <laughs> lean on it. It could fall on your head. Every classroom had one. Yeah, I know. How is that? How did that not like accidentally kill so many kids? Because of the stickers that were all over it saying do not See, accidentally kill kids none of ours had stickers most of ours just had like what i think was probably just the janitor's belt like holding it to the cart <laughs> <laughs> which would have not helped anything except for the whole cart would have fallen on the kids instead of just the tv no but it wouldn't explain uh, i mean it would have explained why the, why the janitor's pants were always around his ankles that's true. Much better I, than why he was acquitted. So I still remember the day that we rolled one of those in the classroom, and then we watched Aladdin. Wow. And now I know it's because my teacher's probably hungover. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still the best day of fourth grade. It was a whole new world. Yep. So, hey, let's talk about uh, Rocket Ship XM. Let's talk XM. about Rocket Ship XM. Not like the satellite radio station. You don't know that. Oh, you're right. I don't know that. What is what does XM Radio mean? What does it stand for? Uh, yeah. See, extra marital radio. I don't think so. Nope. Although it could, that would be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. Um. When did this yeah, movie so come out? It came out in uh, 1950. Wow. Yeah. That's a so, long time ago. Real early. This is some real early sci-fi. Uh, the tagline for this movie is the most amazing story ever filmed, which I find highly debatable. I, I thought that was uh, the Bible, the movie. <laughs> I guess. Um, the movie was actually uh, – Rocket Ship XM was actually rushed into production in order to beat a film called Destination Moon to the box office. They were essentially you know, cut from – Pretty same much the same cloth. cloth, yeah. Like, uh, you, I, I would, I would compare like a uh, what were those two movies about volcanoes? Dante's oh, Peak Dante's and Peak Volcano. And volcano. Was it just called Volcano? Volcano Jones. Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> Joe's apartment. Um, Heat town, USA. Miami Heat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was. There were two volcano. Movies. There was also two asteroid movies, Deep Impact and Armageddon, that uh-huh. came out at the same time. So I imagine it was that was that sort of scenario That's where so like wild. I thought that that was something that happened in the now, not in the then. Apparently, it happened in the then because wow. they uh, they saw that this Destination Moon movie was coming out, and then just actually uh, rushed this thing. They shot it in eighteen days and wow. for ninety four thousand wow. dollars, and then uh, just they really wanted to beat Destination Moon to the box office, which they did by several weeks. Um, and but all the promotional material they had to put out for this movie uh, had to carry the disclaimer: "This is not Destination Moon." That is because crazy. people were so excited about Destination Moon, but they didn't want to give Destination Moon any free press. So it's so weird how this kind of situation would play out later on in the actual space race. Yeah, like America made it to the moon, and and Russia sent those guys up. Uh, and they all died on Mars. Yeah. Well, no, on the way back from Mars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, that's the most amazing story missiles. ever told. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, originally, the uh, the sequences that were filmed on Mars were kind of uh, tinted with like a reddish sepia tone. Whoa. 
Uh, but they actually removed that uh, effect later for the television release of this movie. Well, for why would they do that? Because I, I guess because they couldn't broadcast any red colors on television? Probably, or? yeah, because, you know, you'd have to have a color TV to see colors. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, uh, well, it that's wasn't called why. a color TV back then. It was called Imagination TV. Oh. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, the movie, spoiler alert, okay, at the end of the movie, all the astronauts die. Uh, they crash back into Earth after visiting Mars. Yeah, spoiler um, the movie was originally titled "None Come Back," yeah. uh, but they decided that they was you know yeah a little, like yeah yeah just give away the ending in the title. Yeah, they of the movie. kind of played all you know they really tipped their hand on that one. The, uh, yeah. the also the other title that they didn't go with was was uh, "Everyone Dies at the End of This Movie." Yep. Did you uh, you know that the original title for Jurassic Park was "They Escape in a Helicopter"? <laughs> yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of uh, my favorite children's book. Uh, there's a monster at the end of this book because there's no pretense there. Yep. It just tells you, lays it all out on the line. In my favorite Indiana Jones movie called Don't Look When the Box is Open. <laughs> uh, yeah. that's, that's a good one. At the end of the first, the first Star Wars movie, which is called They All Get Medals Except for the Tall Furry Guy. Yep. Well, but my my second alternate title, for, or my favorite alternate title for a Star Wars movie was the second one, Ow My Hand, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gave away the uh, that big was, plot that twist. That did not go one. over well at all. No. They definitely <laughs> changed that one. It's a big sticking point for George Oof. Lucas. Like, I just really want to call it out of my hand, Dad. But it's just the producers finally talked him out of it. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, here's a cool fact. At least I thought this fact was cool. Let's um, hear it. Rocketship XM was the first science fiction movie to make use of the theremin in the soundtrack. Whoa. Yeah, you know, for all you uh, non-music educated listeners, the theremin is the like you know the spooky instrument, the one used in like every horror and science fiction movie. Apparently, after after this, this because it's just like it clicks, it makes sense. Like, what else are you going to use a theremin for? If you want to, uh, if you're looking at a Venn diagram and one side is theremin and the other is sadness, and you want to see the part in the middle where those meet, uh, Google theremin on YouTube and watch all the people doing versions of pop songs on a theremin. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, no. It, Did you uh, know that uh, Joseph sad. Stalin was an incredible theremin player? No, I had no idea. And that is not a joke. The inventor of the theremin was uh, uh, a Soviet citizen, and he showed it to Joseph Stalin, and he said that Joseph Stalin was instantly one of the best theremin players he had ever seen or ever was he might have said that because if he didn't he would have been murdered brutally. gone to a gulag yeah, yeah. I, i'm wondering if that's like a kim jong-il sort of like or kim jong-un like oh he's the best golfer in the world like no he's not well he's not but he did invent the sport according to what i am sure well yeah according to everything kim jong-un invented everything um <clears throat> oh hey uh so uh one other thing i want to note about this episode um one of uh, and they use it a lot in uh, oh, yeah. in this episode. But one of the uh, the the major riffs that they uh, hit over and over and over again throughout the course of the series was uh, uh, by this point my lungs were aching for air. Yeah. The old uh, Lloyd Bridges was Sequest quote. Yep. yep sea yep, hunt. Yep. Sea hunt. Yes. Uh, sea hunt. Sea yeah, was that show with the guy from uh, Jaws? Yeah, with the talking dolphin. Right. Darwin. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's. That's it. That was, that was actually Darwin. He, no, that wasn't really. 
No, no, it wasn't. That was um, Darwin's soundboard. Sorry. Yeah, but they, uh, man, they 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 hammer on that joke a lot. But it's always yeah. out of fitting because it, you know, the movie stars Lloyd Bridges and they're in space. So yeah, there's lots so of times his lungs perfect. were aching for air. Yeah. yeah. Not the first time they use the lungs aching for air joke, but the first time they really use the lungs aching for air. Joke. Oh yeah, they they use the the crap out of the joke. Ah yeah. Yeah. So okay, uh, we've we've talked about the episode. We talked about the movie. Um, we need to do a 20 second recap. Okay. And it's my turn this okay. week. Okay. So uh, let me get out my grandpa's stopwatch. Oh, yikes! It is not wound up. Hold on a second. Let me wind it. That's cool. Good times. Did you know that Kim Jong Un invented the stopwatch? Uh huh. Because before then, time could not stop, but he was able to manipulate time to his yep. own whims and have it bend to his will all right it is wound are you ready if you come see my show i'm gonna i'm gonna smash his knob watch <laughs> that's gallagher again he came for another visit uh, i hate uh, that here's here's my uh here's my impression of congress getting something done and then he smashes stuff yep. yeah and then, he, and then he throws the watch at the audience and he said hey it looks like i just made time fly the Which is, is not, not true amused. for anyone in the audience because it's been horrible for them. The audience puts up porcelain masks on so you can't see their impression. They all give the thumbs down at the same time. Gallagher is summarily smashed by a mallet of his own creation. Oh, the irony. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm right. going to click this button now. Okay, so uh, Lloyd Bridges and a bunch of other people go up to space. They mean to go to the moon. They don't. They go to Mars instead. Mars was ravaged by nuclear war, but there's a bunch of cavemen there for some reason. They kill most of the people. They try and make it back to Earth. The woman makes bad math, and they actually die because of it. Oh, man. 13.4 seconds. Oh, wow. That was I thought really was. succinct. It was. It was an easy movie to recap. Yeah, it kind of was. Man, yeah. bad math. Jeez. Yeah, they li- the, the whole plot of the movie is they just literally die because a woman made a mistake in math. Yeah, because it was the 50s and they're like, and that's why, yeah. girls, you need to learn how to sew, because you'll never be good at any of the man stuff. <laughs> well, in the in the whole, like, the whole first part of the movie was, like, her and, like, the the leader, the captain or whatever of the spaceship are trying to do math uh, and figure out, like, how much fuel they need to correct their course or whatever. Right. And he like finds an error in her calculations at the beginning and she is like her job is to do math for their yeah uh, like she's like the i don't know whatever sure i don't know the ship math person because you you know how much it would suck to uh fly a spaceship without a computer oh god because they're uh, and i didn't even i never even thought about that but you know this is pre simple computers and so they're like yeah uh they're, they're arguing like should we go with her calculations or uh my calculations because uh whichever one we go with it's going to take eight hours until we're done with it yeah. because that's how long it takes to solve like you know an, uh, like a complex equation by hand right yeah yeah that's crazy like right now they're just like they press a button like i'm in a spaceship here and i want to go here and the computer's like okay take this course yeah yeah and it talks to you mm-hmm. Sexism, 1950s style. Yep. And so she screws up twice, and the second time it kills everybody. Yeah. Yep. So the lesson is never try. Yep. Don't go to space. Nope. So uh, last season, we had a recurring segment where we gave our top five riffs from the movie. We did. We're going to change things up. What? Yeah. We're just going to uh, eat because, you know, at, at the end of the day, we didn't always agree on the number one riff of the movie, but we had to no. say something was number one. So uh, we're just going to list what our favorite riff from the movie was. Yeah, we are. 
And uh, Seth, I'll let you go first. Okay. What's well, your favorite riff from Rocket Ship XM? Well, it's a servo riff. Okay. When uh, a big text there picks up one of the spacesuits, you know, he's, he says he's been itching to get into one of these things, and Servo says, it's my grandma's skin. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because that's a great riff, and also because this segment just brutally backfired on me because that was also my favorite oh! riff in the movie. <laughs> so, whoops. Maybe this so will I work out better next week. Then. Yeah, our number one favorite, favorite riff of the movie. <laughs> our top one riff. <laughs> it was in the Texas guy it picks up the jumpsuit and yeah Servo makes a joke about grandma skin hooray new segment went off without a hitch <laughs> alright so Seth let's rate this movie sure I would like to rate this movie as just a movie I would boy I would have yeah. to give it two sledgematics out of uh, out of five because it was not like it wasn't a terrible movie but it, boy it was dumb I'm going to give this movie uh, four floating harmonicas out of five. Oh, wow. Because here's here's why. Okay. It's not a very good movie. No. But for a movie that, like, a dude saw, like, hey, they're coming out with this Destination Moon movie, I want to come out with a movie but beat it to the box office, so we're going to make one in 18 days, and it's going to star Lloyd Bridges. And all – you know, it wasn't that bad for, for the circumstances uh, surrounding it. And also, your, like – With your qualifiers in place, I, I, I guess. Like, can can you imagine if someone like is, is like oh there's a Batman movie coming out in uh, two months, uh, I want to make a movie about I don't know Aquaman and beat it to the box office and having that movie be anywhere even close to decent, mm. like that's impossible now. Yeah, it just it, the Hollywood the Hollywood slimy spirit that just kind of drove 1950s Hollywood. Just 1950s Hollywood. Yeah. Every decade Hollywood. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking like it's it's just kind of like almost mechanical now. I think, but there was yeah. there was some true slime in in you know late forties, early fifties right. Hollywood yeah. that I think really just pushed this movie over the top and and just made it. And it wasn't really that bad. No, I mean it's kind of surprising that it was made in 1950. Yeah, because that was you know that's pretty early on in the old in the whole. Uh, sci-fi explosion i mean it really took off when we actually actually started sending stuff into space which sure. by the way did you ever notice that in a lot of these old sci-fi movies when they look back at earth like it's it just looks like a globe did they yep. not know Understand about clouds weather? back then i i don't know yeah. I, I assume that they just i mean seth this movie is made in 18 days <laughs> Well, that's I assume they just borrowed a globe from one of the, you know, the the craft services kids' classrooms. That's true. Like, oh, here's Earth. Back when they used to have globes in classrooms instead of Globopedia. Yeah, and plus, what you you paint the clouds on, I guess, or you would like glue cotton balls to the globe. That would work too. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Right. Um, okay. Well, how about this episode? Let's this, get, let's give this episode a rating. All right. I want to give this episode an eight out of ten. Because okay. this was a, the riffs were fast and furious in this yeah. episode. They may not have been the highest quality, but I think the the jump in riff per minute from yes. season one to season two was so noticeable, especially oh, watching yeah. them back to back like this. That yep. I, I really was impressed, and yeah, so that that might have padded out my rating a little more. And even even the riffs that like didn't you know hit a home run, they just didn't you know slam home like they're they're still chucklers they're still yeah and then if they didn't hit home boom they were rolled right into another one yep i agree with you on the rating you know there there were some 
episodes from the first season that were overall more funny than this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like this one's a strong episode. And also, like, and so, okay, we've got, you got the beginning, the first episode of season one, uh, The Crawling Eye. Right. It was a pretty strong episode. Um, and you knew that there was going to be a whole season of that cast with that dynamic, but then it was going to end. So, the, you know, that was a very short-lived era. But this era lasts, what, another four seasons? Yeah. Four, three and a half, four seasons? Yeah. So there's there's going to be more stability with the dynamic um, and some of the like the third season, a lot of episodes in the third season. Yeah. So uh, there's it's either the second or third season um, that has almost twice the number of episodes that were in uh, season one. That's when the show started to make the big bucks yep. for Comedy Central, which I believe at the time only had like two original shows: Mystery Science Theater 3000 and uh, like Doctor sh- Cats. Sh- yeah, no, sh- this is pre Doctor Cats. It's short attention span theater. Which oh, is nothing really? more than a sh- clip show hosted by uh, Bob Saget, uh, John Stewart. No, actually. weird. Yeah, huh. the uh, intellectuals, Bob Saget. Yes, right. The <laughs> the less filthy mouth um, version. Of yeah, I don't know about that, but no, you're right. Yeah, Bob Saget's kind of a slime ball. He, he is, but he's he's a he's a lovable slime he's our ball. Slime ball. He is. Mm. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm looking forward to kind of the stability of this dynamic, having some having a good amount of time to sort of root in there and then yeah. increasing that riff per minute and uh, increasing the quality and the quantity of their riffs. Yeah. Definitely. But overall, a strong start to season two. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, where the show is going, I episode to episode. Hey, uh, All right. I was wondering, were you able to hack the mainframe to get quantum emails? Yeah, I, uh, I actually was able to triangulate... Um, one of our, uh, our our satellite communication dishes oh, cool. off of off of one of our laser cannons, and oh, then I right. combined the power. I, I uh, repolarized the laser cannon, oh, okay. and then I repolarized it again and oh. shot it through a black hole, and oh, yeah. uh, that has given us a permanent uh, data uplink to sure. Earth. Sure, oh, yeah. permanent. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, unless the black hole collapses, which I don't know if anyone's ever fired a, a polarized, repolarized, and secondary repolarized laser into a black hole before, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Man. especially off of a communications disc. This is like that time I fried up those refried beans. It was crazy flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Well, you also put way too much cilantro in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. It does, it did taste like like a rubber band. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, but we got uh we got oh we got a letter, um this week. Wonderful. Um, oh, and and before I uh. Before I, I read this letter, I have to mention that we got a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook this week. Yeah, um, we did. Uh, yeah, and uh, super big, big thanks to uh, Jailvis Weinstein for yeah. uh, you know, helping. for legitimizing us there. Yeah, promoting our show and, and giving us a bunch of new Facebook fans and stuff. So I started going through Facebook and got a little overwhelmed, so I didn't pull anything from Facebook. But uh, post some stuff there. With emotion, you mean. Yeah. yeah, now that we're on season two, we've reset. Yep. And uh, we'll just. Just start posting there again, and I'll uh, I'll catalog all of it, and we'll uh, read it on our next episode. Coolness. So, okay, but we do have an email from our friend Matt uh, that he sent to our email. I just mail at gizmonikinstitutesradio.com. He says, hey, guys, I remembered in my last letter that I forgot to ask uh, for October, will you be doing episodes 212 and 311 since the invention exchanges have Halloween costumes? And for November, will you be discussing the Turkey Day marathons and 107T? And as for December, we'll be doing episodes 321 and 521. Just wanted to know. Well, um, 
We have Since no idea. The computer feeds these to us in order week by week. We yeah. couldn't say. But that being said, of course, you know, when when we get around the holiday um you know the the thematic episodes will uh, will at least get a mention. I don't know if we'll be able to sync up the thematic episodes with any of the holidays. No. That's you know really up to fate and uh, whatever calendar day we're out in space. I'm not even sure what month it is. I think I, it, yeah, I don't celebrate any holidays anymore because yeah. it's, it's, all I see is the bleak, cold abyss of space. Constantly. Every day is a holiday because we're in uh, we're in the space lands. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a the last day that we might live, and that's a holiday. That is a special feeling right yeah. Hey, there. today's Pipe Day, so... That's true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is almost time for you to find out your PQ, dude. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, and for as for the Turkey Day stuff, I'm sure we'll cover some of that. I'm, I'm actually interested in kind of exploring the origin of the uh, Turkey Day marathons. Um, yeah. So come Thanksgiving time, uh, if we can kind of get our calendar all straight, uh, we will uh, – yeah, we'll talk about – definitely talk about the Turkey Day Marathon because I remember that being a uh, a real fun part of uh, growing up. Yeah, it was uh, watching uh, MST3K on the old television and then turning on the radio and listening to a little Franksgiving. I, I don't know what that is. What is Frank Franksgiving? Zappa, come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, all I day. All day long. That's weird. Yeah, I uh, I just remember like – MST3K was like one of the few things that I could put on and my parents would be like, okay, yeah, I can, I can watch this because it's, it's silly. And you know, I might've seen this movie as a kid and it's clever. And then I'd watch it and I just think I'd be rolling around. It'd be hilarious. And then everyone would eat good food and I just want to eat fast because, you know, I was missing an episode, but that was back when you just you didn't know when stuff was going to be on TV. I know. Like the TV guide would come out with the newspaper on Sunday. Yeah. And then you'd look at it and be like, "Oh wow, look what's going to be on Thursday." Like yep. I didn't I didn't know. And plus you were a kid so you thought they just decided week to week. <laughs> like Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's I crazy. It was all filmed live. Yeah, now now I've got I I literally back on earth, you know, obviously was not able to bring any of these things with me, but had about four devices that I could look at at any time and see what was on my TV. Right. Yeah. yeah or you can just, you know, watch anything you want anytime mm-hmm. now. And basically. and I could tell the TV like, "Hey, I like this show. Please record it every time it's on." Mhm. So way I don't and have to be in front of you. It's so incredible. Yeah, I wish we had some of that stuff up here. Yeah. Uh yeah. What about uh, we won't be doing anything in December, will we? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think okay. So we we have uh, we we've realized that we can rewatch episodes once we've watched them. Yes. So we'll just thank goodness for that. Yeah, that's you know some entertainment. Um, episode two twelve. I don't know how close to oh that's a Halloween episode. Um, episode three twenty one is I think that's either Santa Claus conquers the Martians or Santa Claus. Mm. Um. And then uh, 521 is the other one. And so I don't know if those are going to sync up to December. But uh, once we watch those at whatever time of the year we end up watching them, we'll uh, we'll probably have a tradition of rewatching them mm-hmm. every December 24th. If you like this show, you should come join our Facebook group because our Absolutely. Facebook group has been blowing up. Blowing up. Uh, this week. There are so many new people that I can't even uh, – begin to thank all of them individually yeah it's but, like when you threw a party in high school and for your friends but then the word got out yeah everybody just showed up and it was such but, a fun party it's great because we've got we've got discussions about stuff on here we're yep. talking about uh you know uh back on earth apparently uh riff tracks is doing a live theater riff tracks of manos hands of fate oh, and 
so you know we got we've got new people uh you know like our friend marissa and uh patrick talking about stuff with you know old friends like our our buddy will who uh just a side note to the reverend if you're still trying to contact the un to get us down from space i think i think we're gonna be up here for a while yeah i I don't even know if that uh, if they could find us at this point do you think he could you rally them to launch like a rescue mission that would be so heroic of him. Or maybe just deal with that Fats Geronimo thing. Yeah, and then we could. Got to be done about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that's gonna. So creepy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks to all of our uh, our new friends and our old friends on our Facebook page. That is uh, facebook.com slash Gizmonic Institutes Radio. Yep. Um. So uh, and that is institutes with an S. So yeah. yeah uh, go and, and like the page and then just talk about stuff with people because we're sure. we got got a lot of good discussions going on. On Twitter, we are at MST3K Podcast. Yeah, we um, are. And thanks to everyone who uh, retweeted all our stuff this week. You guys are also awesome. Mm-hmm. Like our uh, <clears throat> like our friends, uh, Extra Life Church, again, the Reverend representing. Yes. Um, ERN2150. Just everyone who uh, – everyone who is, you know, sending us nice stuff about um, – the uh, J. Elvis Weinstein interview. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Which was a you guys. Fun, fun phone call. And uh, hey, thanks to you to all of our new followers we got this week. Uh-huh. You guys, uh, uh, thanks for you know, supporting the podcast. And hey, you know what, Seth? What? We're on our way out to we deep are. space. Well, we're in deep space now, I think, technically. I don't know. Where when, does, when does space stop becoming shallow? <laughs> I don't. And <laughs> turns deep. Yeah. I don't know either. But hey, uh, I was I was a little down about that about never seeing any of the people that I know or love again. Right. Um, and then I checked out iTunes, <sighs> and uh, we got a bunch of new reviews. That so fills me with joy. I know it like made my day. Mm. It, it, it's the it little added, things when you're up here. Yeah. You know. Yep. So I want to give a special thanks to uh, Bart Lammy, Mike mm. Sh from Lowell, and <laughs> uh, Anti Cthulius. Uh, all of which who left nice, pleasant, uh, very complimentary reviews on uh, our iTunes page this week. You guys you are guys. Uh, you, you're great. Thank you very much. Yeah, and you know um, you can leave your own review if you would yeah. like. That would be very good. It brings us uh, up to the forefront of uh, of the iTunes. But if you don't have time to leave a review, hey, just throw up some stars. Just yep. Put them on there. Bang. Yeah, Bart. Five stars. Bart, Mike, and. Uh, Anti, oh, that's it's your nickname, Anticthulius. I, th- I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> um, you guys are the uh, you're, you're the Gizmonic Institute's radio stars of the week. Yeah, we we actually literally named some stars after you as we passed them mm-hmm. out here in deep space. There's there's Bart. There it goes. You can see it. Over yep. There. Oh, yeah. There goes. There's Mike. Shh. Yeah. Oh. Mike Star burns the brightest. Yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but uh, yeah. So please, just go stop by our iTunes page because it helps more people find the show. Yeah. Because uh, if you like the show, you should want to share it with people. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like since we started doing these audio logs, you know, to to remain alive, I've actually learned a lot about the show from people talking on the Facebook page. And oh that's yeah, awesome. Uh huh. So or sending us emails about stuff or on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at mst3k underscore podcast. I don't know if I mentioned our actual Twitter handle. But. Oh, no. I think you did. Oh, okay, good. So. Well, yeah. And uh, you can always send us an email at mail at gizmonicinstitutesradio.com because uh, we, we enjoy sharing our knowledge of MST3K with you but do not claim to 
be uh, cognizant of everything. So no. please, if if we miss something or uh, you know there's something that you think we should have uh, covered or it was important, just send us an email. Shoot us yeah. a Facebook message. Please, you know? by all yep. means. Or leave a comment on our page at supertotallyawesome.com/slash-gizmonic-institutes-radio. Uh-huh. It's where it's where these audio logs live after they get shot through that black hole by a laser. Yep. yep. Hey, you know what I'm doing right now? Uh, doing what? I'm packing up my pipe with smooth tobacco. Right, it's time, it's time, it's It's time. time. Okay, now let's see if my perfect pipe match is ready. Terrible news, Jeff. Terrible, terrible news. What? Oh, oh God. Oh, God, what? Calm down, man. How much worse could it be than the fact that we're essentially riding in a tube that will someday be our tandem space coffin? Hey, you're right. I feel better. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But my pipe-fitting computer has returned a pipe achievement quotient of one. That's bad? There is no score lower. Essentially, were you to smoke a pipe, you would derive absolutely no enjoyment from doing so. None. It's impossible, man! I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking at Seth enjoying his pipe, and I can tell you there's literally no way I could not enjoy smoking that pipe. Well, I suppose the pipe-fitting computer could be out of calibration, but... In my 20 years in the pipe business, I've never even heard of such an outcome, much as experienced it for myself. It's a pretty foolproof method, on account of science. You must be wrong! Give me that pipe! (laughs) Jeff! Jeff, no! (laughs) This dull, flavorless pipe-smoking experience has given me no respite from the hectic day-to-day reality of living on board an untethered space balloon. I'm sorry, Tanner. I should have trusted you. I should have trusted science. No, Jeff. I'm the one who should be apologizing. When I became a pipe seller, I took an oath. I swore that I would provide everyone with the best pipe experience that money could buy. And now, I have failed you. Everything we've learned about pipe smoking, all the countless hours of research, the backbreaking labor, the suffering defeats, all of that blood, sweat, and tears... Still, we managed to fail our most important customer. I'm your most important customer? Yes, Jeff. For it is the Pipeman's Creed that his most important customer is the customer he serves now. Wow. I'm sorry I failed you. Seth, please continue to enjoy your pipe. It's the perfect fit for you. Gentlemen, I bid you both a fond adieu. Where are you going? I'll still buy a pipe if it makes you feel better. Oh, Jeff, you're so kind, but I can't take your charity. I'm off now. To eternity! He disappeared into a cloud of pipe smoke. Fitting, I guess. Uh, hey guys, I'm, I'm actually still here. I couldn't figure out the controls to the airlock door. It's kind of tricky. You just need to... Uh, and then... Uh, okay, then, followed by... Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, so, I guess, farewell? I... Yep, uh, take care. Should I Should I do the smoke thing again? I, I could do uh, it again. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Well, sure, yeah. It's kind of a one-shot thing anyway, so... Okay. You know something? Maybe our journey into deep space won't be a total loss. Tanner seemed like a super nice guy, and I didn't think for a minute we'd ever meet a pipe salesman out here in space. If there are more people like him up here, perhaps an eternity among the stars won't be quite so awful. Well said. Unless, of course, that was just a shared hallucination we had brought on by the enormous stress of knowing that we're probably going to spend all of time 
trapped in this tiny metal tomb, and the chances of anyone or anything ever finding us is essentially zero. I, that's a lot to put on someone's mind. Mm, true, true. Although, I'm really pretty much sure that guy was real and not a hallucination. Wait, if he was real, then where's my pipe? No, oh, it's right there on the table. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs>